Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Young, I used to wait on Master and hand him his plate and pass the bottle when he got dry and brush away the blue thing fly. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. Jimmy crack corn and I don't care. My master's gone away. And when he'd ride in the afternoon, I'd follow after with a hickory broom. The pony being rather shy When bitten by the blue tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My nest is gone away One day he ride around the farm The fly so numerous they did swarm One chance to bite him on the thigh the devil take the blue tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away The pony run, he jump, he pitch He throw my master in the ditch He died and the jury wondered why The boy that was the blue tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away Change my locks, padlock the door, and put up an eviction notice. Yeah, that was me. You? Why? Because you haven't paid your rent. Can I at least get my stuff? All I found in there was a jar of mustard and a couple of old cycle magazines. Wow! I have mustard? Fifty-three years ago, nine people set up camp in the Ural Mountains in Russia. It had become known as the Dyatlov Pass incident. Are you scared? No. We're recreating a trip in which nine people died. Yeah, what, like 50 years ago? Time to go. It's a test, you know? Man against the elements. Guys, say hi from Mibdel! Come look at this! What is it? The GPS is all screwed up. We should just leave. By the time we get packed up and get moving, we're going to be hiking in the dark. We got to reset it now. They tried to bury us, so it looked like an accident.
Dave, that's it. Screw you and your college flunkies. I've had enough of this from you and from everyone else. I know what you guys are trying to do. Break me down, drive me out of the force. Well, it's going to take a hell of a lot more than a lame prank like this to get Curtis Mooney to throw in his badge, so fuck you. Over. Did you miss me? Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. I am your host, David, no, one of your hosts. Uh, but uh, tonight it is getting colder again as we uh, get uh, still into the winter month of January. We are going along them, those lines. So, uh, Mo, why don't you tell us, uh, since you're the host for tonight, uh, what film are we discussing tonight? Alright, so tonight we got uh, Devil's Pass, the 2013 Russian and weirdly British horror movie. I don't understand how that works, but uh, we'll get to that. It was directed by Rennie Harlan, who's the dude who did like Nightmare 4, uh, Cliffhanger, Die Hard 2, things of that nature. <laughs> Nothing like this. Uh, and it's a, kind of a found footage horror film, I guess. Um, it's definitely... You know, takes place in colder climates. It stars five Oregon University students, which I thought was cool. I didn't even actually remember that. And today was our first real day of snow here in Oregon, so that's pretty nice. Oh, and it's uh, it's it's definitely a movie. Um, <laughs> you guys have is this all your first time watching this? Or I guess we'll go with you first, Jake. Is this is the first time that you've seen this movie. This was the first time I had seen it, yes. This is a uh, very much a new one to me. I'm, I couldn't swear to it. I even heard of it prior. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So it was pretty interesting watch overall. Nice. What about you, Brandon? Is this the first time you've seen this? Supposedly not. Um, according to my wife, I did watch it, um, prior, when it was on Netflix, and I don't remember watching it at all, so I'm going to go with, I have not seen it before, hmm. or at least n not the conscious me, anyway, and, um, Unconscious me has seen many films, <laughs> but uh, yeah, this uh, first impression is—I uh, don't know—it uh, has a little bit of cliffhanger in it, but uh, I'd say Blair Witch in the Mountains. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's—I consciously watched it, and even I forgot like the first half of the movie, so <laughs> I could forgive you on that. <laughs> Uh, probably didn't even need to actually be there. I'm sure we'll get to that, but uh, yeah, I've got some thoughts on this. What, what about you, Dave? Is that the is this the first time you ever watched Devil's Pass? Uh, this is not the first time that I've actually watched uh, Devil's Pass, uh, um, and unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch it before the, uh, this uh, particular episode. But uh, I, I feel fairly certain uh, that I can uh, reminisce about. Uh, so, uh, um, I thought, 
that it was unique because it, it, it is technically based on a true story, is it not? It is. A couple of them, actually. Um, um, it's, uh, evidently, this area of uh, where, wherever, it, it, whatever story that it's creating. Um, uh, it is really true that uh, some people went up into this mountain and uh, never came back. So, yeah. uh, under very mysterious circumstances. Controversial theories about what happened to them in real life. So. Uh, yeah, that's, it's, 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 a, it's quite a story. That's actually how I became aware of the movie. Was I, I watched a lot of channels that cover, like, I guess, sort of creatures and cryptids and paranormal stories and stuff like that. And I found the Dyatlov Pass incident through watching those. And it just sounded horrifying, you know. Group of uh, backpackers go up into the mountains, <coughs> and then they're not heard from again. <coughs> and when they are found, they all have like strangely inconsistent injuries. Uh, they didn't really touch on it in the movie, but in the in the actual case, they talk about how even though they weren't like bruised or cut or anything, they all had injuries like consistent with uh, high speed car accidents. And the one lady did have her tongue removed, and like piecing the scene together it looked like all these experienced mountain climbers just kind of ripped out of their tent in the middle of the night and just decided to walk out there where they were met by some quote unknown compelling force that basically just turned them into jelly on the insides and they were all covered in radiation and shit and it just didn't make any sense lots of people think it was ufos some people thought it was a yeti <laughs> I said it like Tony Schiavone right there, <laughs> but you know it's it's there's no way to know for sure what exactly happened to them, and that's kind of what this movie is doing. These university kids, all of whom are pretty unlikable, set out into onto this trek to Russia to like recreate this journey of this group of backpackers that died up there. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you know they kind of get up there, and mysterious shit starts happening. And uh, they, they uncover some crazy Cold War Russian bunker shit that's going on. And it turns out it has something to do with, like, the Philadelphia Experiment, which is another pretty rad, supposedly true story, where they tried to teleport, or allegedly did teleport a whole, like, battle cruiser, uh, you know, through space and time, and fused a bunch of dudes to the bulkheads and stuff. And I'm sure we'll get into that as we break down the plot a little bit more. Um... But, I mean, I don't know, is Dave the only one of you guys that's aware of that actual case? Prior oh, to no, I've, I've seen that on, like, uh, I remember watching stuff about that uh, ship, uh, teleportation ship on all these uh, Bermuda Triangle and other type of series that used to come on back in the 80s. That's, uh, that's like, uh, one of the ones that I'm, I've seen quite a few at times, and, uh... Uh, it's, it's always been a crazy and uh, just basically a really crazy type experiment. Really cool stories. I used to love stuff like that. Yeah, the cool thing about the Philadelphia experiment is it's one of those things that even if it didn't happen, like even if it's just made up shit, which there's some pretty credible, seemingly credible people that say it happened, but you know, there's always that with those government conspiracies. Even if it didn't happen though, it's something you can imagine the government trying. Just like Roswell, stories, uh, uh, stories of aliens being uh, being 
kept uh, kept inside that military base, you know. Uh, and people have been saying <laughs> for years that they think that the government has been hiding something there. So. Well, I mean, I'm fairly certain that a UFO crashed at Roswell, but we could do two hours on just Roswell. Because, uh, I mean, they for sure found a fucking flying saucer, dude. They told everyone, and then they were like, whoops. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, I like how it is rooted in real shit, and I like how they combine. I've never heard the two combined before. That's definitely some creative license these guys took to good effect, I think. You know, because... I guess we're already talking about plot. We might as well just finish it out. They get up there to the mountains. They find some footprints. Uh, they kind of look like maybe they're Yeti prints, you know, but they're not. It's even just looking at them, if you follow Bigfoot stuff, they're like right next to each other and in weird patterns that you never see like the classic Bigfoot Yeti prints and you know. Uh, and then as they dig further up there, they eventually arrive at the, the pass where this incident took place with the original backpackers. Only they get there, like, way sooner than they should have. Uh, their GPS and compass are all freaking out. And there's just something weird going on. It's screwing with their cameras. They pick up, like, higher than normal radiation levels. And then they end up finding a bunker door sunk into the side of this mountain. Um, I don't know. What, what were your guys' thoughts on them finding the door? Don't go, there. Don't go in there. That was my thought, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, at least lock the bitch back up if you're going to wait to tell your friends. <laughs> they just left it unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> there were some uh, mistakes were made. <laughs> yes, there were. Um, and, you know, I liked the bit, like, because, okay, after this all, before they f finally end up having to go into the store, an avalanche hits them, which I thought was definitely needed as that's like one of the big main theories of what happened to the people initially was that an avalanche got them. Mm -hmm. But it's very clear when this avalanche kicks off that somebody set off charges at the top of the hill to cause the avalanche. Uh, and then that's when they end up, you know, kind of having to go into the door the next day when some random Russian dudes show up and start shooting at them. So there's clearly somebody that doesn't want them up here. They found this bunker door, mm -hmm. yeah. and there's obviously some pretty fucked up stuff behind this bunker door. Uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. I imagine we'll swing back around to that after we do characters and stuff, because there's not a ton to say about these kids. Goddamn. What did you guys think of the, the characters in this movie? Well, very young. That's for sure. Um, they're yeah. college kids who just want to go out and explore, you know, be adventurous. At least some of them. Uh, uh, most, of, uh, most of them want to be, uh, be, be, be there. Some want to just go home. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, definitely well, most of them want to go home after shit starts getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got you got the one good dude who's the experienced hiker, who really is just there for a hookup, hopefully. Um, you have the trail young trail. lady who exactly. You have the young lady who uh, is their sound person, who is basically there to be the eye candy. Unfortunately, she doesn't get much developed beyond that. Um, 
And then you got the, the main one trying to make the documentary, who really is a... Uh, she don't listen very well. <laughs> no, she's super yeah, pussy and annoying. She yeah. doesn't care about anyone else either but herself. No. <laughs> no. She, and it's like at one point, someone... It's like at some point, someone looks at her and says something like, you're following play-by-play play this thing that got all these people killed, and you didn't expect something to happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to put along some locals or something just to switch it up so that it's like you got some type of people that are more knowledgeable about the area. I don't know. Well, we did find that one that gave them some important exposition beforehand, but that was as far as I got with that, I think. Who else uh, is there in there? I think there's like the dude who's like named the, who's yeah. like so the rich mountain climber kid or whatever. The college has yeah. like a hall named after his family or some shit. And he's actually right. kind of the only really likable character, I think. Sort of like a rich philosopher type kind of, you know. The, um, and then you got the, 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 the paranoid truth is out there kind of dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who uh, establishes himself as a little bit of a dick in the early part where he, he, you're watching the interview and he keeps interrupting it to make his own commentary. Yeah. Yeah, like the the paradoxical object. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, they're talking about hypothermia and uh, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, well, in the beginning of the film, you see pictures of the nine people who went up to the, the uh, what's, uh, it's called the Devil's Pass, but it's also called the Ditlov, the Ditlov? Yeah, I think it had, like, some Russian yeah. name or some shit, but it was named yeah. that after the dude who was, like, the leader of the expedition that got killed there the first and, time. And there was a guy who wrote a book about the expedition and got killed. Yeah. They car accidented him. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, like, that dude, you know, he's... I think that him and the main chick kind of play off each other fairly well and that, like, she's a little bit more... Yeah reasonable about her theories with her. She just wants to uncover the story. She's not necessarily trying to believe every, like, Mulder X-Files type shit about it, you know? And that dude's insistent that it's gotta be something weird or whatever, and uh, mm -hmm. I think, you know, it kind of turns out to be right. Uh, yeah. Um, at least this particular film. Uh, story. Um, I know uh, he, he, he was in the interview like, uh, well, you're telling me that nine people went up to this mountain and got uh, got hypothermia all at the same time? No, that did not happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. That's that's the thing that makes it so interesting. The case, I think, is that because they were all experienced climbers, the people that died up there, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the chances of them all getting hypothermia and all getting that like crazy hypothermia madness or whatever and strolling out into the elements all at the same time is yeah just maybe the last two people who are trying to escape the damn shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it just doesn't make any sense you know and that's what makes it fun and, and their weird injuries and stuff 
Um, I don't know. Do you guys? I think my favorite character is definitely that JP dude. Just because it, you know, it says something about the characters in the film when you like the dude just because he's not saying much. You know, <laughs> like all the other characters were kind of obnoxious, and I get it. They're supposed to be like you know, sort of yeah, uh, hot-headed college kids. You know. And it makes sense. Everybody's personality kind of evens out a little bit once it becomes life or death. <laughs> yeah. It's just unfortunate that the the main chick couldn't eat shit in that avalanche. Because she, she really just bothered me the whole movie for some reason. Uh, I didn't actually have a love or dislike of any of them particularly because I felt like I really felt like it was almost background noise at the beginning when they were trying to establish the characters. And then, eventually, as they went on, uh, they kind of... Well, I felt like they were all going to die anyway, actually, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're all going to die. They're all going to die anyway, so I really don't need to get close to these uh, ones. Uh, but that was... I guess probably how I felt about it. Though, I didn't mind the one guy, I mean, he was best friends with the main character, the main girl, and uh, they actually got along uh, pretty well. Uh, but I felt like uh, he was wanting something more out of uh, out of their relationship, but she didn't really have any interest. Because uh, uh, he felt like he was hinting at it the whole time, and she was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, your friend's on, bro. Just deal with it. So, otherwise, that's about all I, I remember getting much uh, out of it. I never had a lot of attachment to any of the main characters. No, no, you're, not, um, you're not supposed to get endeared to uh, the people that are just going to end up getting slashed anyways in some face, shape, or form. Well, right, but I mean, we, still, we still had to put up with them for, like, the first half of the movie, and I guess maybe it bothered me more because I kind of blocked that bit out, I guess. I honestly remember, remember the movie from, like, the beginning where they're explaining the case, <clears throat> and then the point where they, they fucking find the footprints onwards. Somehow I blocked out. reason for that. You know? <laughs> yeah, because it's just, it's it's not really necessary. And and then having to watch it and actually pay attention to it, it again, like, I just found them all kind of unlikable. They're all making, like, these really sort of condescending comments to each other. And it's not in that fun, like, playful with your friends kind of way. Like, there's a couple of moments where they look like they almost want to punch each other. <laughs> and... I guess, you know, that can happen on an expedition. You're not necessarily... It also could be something with the acting, too. Sometimes you have a cast that just don't like each other, and there's just not that kind of emotional attachment to each other as a cast. You know, at some point, um, when you're a director, you're, you're supposed to at least have some of your characters have some um, moments of um, chemi- chemistry, chemistry right. between each other, you know. And it's it's kind of, I don't, I don't feel like any of it was really there. It's entirely possible they shot it out of sequence too, and they did the beginning parts where they're hanging out, like after they'd already been in the snow together for a while, and they're just kind of over each other. Uh, very possible. 
That is possible, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most likable person in the first half of the movie outside of JP, just because he's not saying anything, is that Russian dude. And, like, the bartender. And they're only in the movie for a couple of minutes, you know. But, thankfully, it does seem... <laughs> Yeah, he's a good dude. Uh, he basically jinxes him right there. He's like, here, have the same drinks that those dead people had. Uh, <laughs> um, it was like... <laughs> moonshine. You know, it, it bugged me out, too, how they were like... There's a couple of points where they were like imitating the accents, and... I just don't know that in the middle of remote Russia you want to be, like, making fun of the locals. Yeah. I mean, lucky this didn't turn into some fucking deliverance shit. Right? Um, I don't know, though, but thankfully it does seem like that beginning part coasts by pretty quick, you know? It's just kind of to serve to get you up there into the, the mountains. Well, one plot hole I didn't understand is... Obviously, uh, they didn't want them there, supposedly, and the government didn't want them there, but the government also cleared, uh, their trip, which I wasn't quite understanding, well, you don't want them there, yet you, uh, let them come in. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I noticed that as well, and the best way that I can sum that up is, like, Maybe they didn't want to publicly show that they were hiding something, but they knew they could just off these kids with an avalanche, hopefully, once they got there. Uh, who knows? Yeah, that is kind of something I don't think they put a ton of thought into, because you, you wouldn't think that they'd be letting anybody get anywhere near this pass. You'd think it'd be easy enough to just say, like, nope, there's been a lot of avalanches, it's closed to the public. Nobody's to see here. Yeah, just a bunch of rocks and snow. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I guess that's about it on characters. I mean, there's not much to say there. They're just kind of there to get up there and hold the camera while we see spooky shit in the mountains. Um, that hasn't been said, although they may not have been that likable, I think that... Um, I think that given the what I've seen of movies in this vein, I enjoyed this group better than most. I could but agree with that. Damon keeps a, we're, we're bringing up Blair Witch Project. That was a group where I found them all completely forgettable. Um, I just, they just, yeah, they were completely forgettable to me. And there have been some where I found them much more annoying. The main ones that bothered me here were the dude that was the blatant womanizer and then the girl because she just didn't know when to give up. <laughs> no, she was like yeah. down to keep yeah. information from them that was like, you know, yeah. it probably would have been good to know that they found a bunker yeah. door. Uh, if, good to know, yeah. If you find a secret bunker... You know, the, the, just leave and get, like, you know, peop, other people, locals, to come and see it, too. So that they're like, oh, okay, and don't open it and leave it unlocked, even if it's frozen yeah. shut. It's just a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if but people I, didn't make stupid mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> if people didn't make mistakes, then we wouldn't know not, uh, not to make them, too, so. Well, and I guess yeah, I mean, when you dig deep. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. I was gonna say it wouldn't be much of a movie. 
True, it would have just been a hike with, like, some annoying college kids into the snow, and then, uh, let's go home, then. Uh, and then get, uh, hypothermia halfway back. Someone might have walked the toe to frostbite. That could have been cool. Okay. Uh, maybe they could, uh, they could have had some frequent, uh, yetis sprawled throughout the mountain or some shit. Oh, those yetis? Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. <laughs> on, on WCW back in the day, they did this big reveal where they were going to reveal this, like, you know, uh, member of the, I think it was the Legion or Dungeon of Doom or something like that, and it just turned out to be this mummy wrapped like in toilet paper. And as he's going out to the state, like they named him the Yeti, and for whatever reason, Yetis aren't mummies, but WCW, what can you say? <laughs> as he's walking to the stage, Tony Schiavone made the genius choice to pronounce it as "It's the Yeti." He just says it with a "ay" on the end, and I love it. So it's probably gonna happen again during this. Just to forewarn, guys. Um, but no, I would agree. They are a lot less annoying than characters and other shot on video movies. Or shot on, uh, you know what I mean, found footage crap. And I think in terms of the way they did the found footage stuff, too, it was definitely like less shaky and, and motion sickness inducing as other movies that I've seen. Oh, you know? it, felt, it felt like it could have been real. So I guess it's a good thing that that dude spent so much time with his camera that he had a disturbingly close relationship with because he, he worked it pretty well, I will say. Uh, Actually, the cameraman amused me. <laughs> he got better. I will say, in terms of the characters, like he did, he did get more likable. The other characters, not so much, but I mean, he's the only one, too, that I guess kind of like him and the main chick had a little bit of character development. You know, because she had the whole thing with her dream that she had, and he had his whole thing with his acid trip, so when they heard the noise, or when he heard the noise, it kind of, like, triggered that or whatever, and then the door with her, like, she had that dream about getting swallowed by darkness or whatever. <clears throat> but anyways, you know, basically, once this avalanche hits and, and they're trying to recover the next day, obviously, like, Russian authorities show up and start shooting at them. So they're forced to go into this bunker door. And the thing is, it locks from the outside, so it's clearly meant to keep something in and not to keep people out. So they end up trapped in there, and then we get some actually pretty well done sort of low-light night vision stuff that I thought that they did in a way that was also like... I don't know if you have done that and made you sick, you know? Uh, they did some of that in quarantine. They did? Uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, That's a good one, too. God damn, I loved quarantine. Though. <laughs> uh, definitely better than this, but I would say they're both good examples of like found footage type horror movies that aren't nauseating, you know? Um, well, if I were to compare it, I would think that it would be a combination of really two that reminds me. Uh, it reminds me of Blair Witch, especially in the style where it's kind of next to nothing going on, and Chernobyl. Uh, which I actually like, uh, not Chernobyl, Chernobyl Diaries, I mean. But, uh, I actually like Chernobyl Diaries, uh, quite a bit, but that thing picked up almost, uh, right off the bat. Whereas yeah. this one kind of took its time. It, it really does. I, I think that definitely they could have cut out about a good 30 or 40 minutes of it and <laughs> it, it a better movie for it, you know? Uh, 
have 30 minutes more sleep last night. That would have been more entertaining than those fucking kids, I tell you. Um, I do like the idea of Trail Tale, though. That's something I'm going to think about now every time I watch Mountain Climber shit. Like, you know how many dudes are probably getting laid at base camp on Everest, where it's like, we're going into a life or death situation tomorrow. Might be our last chance. Just think about Trail trail Tale uh, when you think about Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah, dude. I don't know if him and John Lithgow were getting down with that up there, but you never know. Well, that's an idea for a film. It's a comedy about a guy who just hangs around at the bottom of Mount Everest and picks up uh, women. He never even climbs the mountain. He just goes up yes. there and says that he's climbing the mountain. And he has a convenient excuse, like, oh, my mother's in the hospital or something. The Sherpa's going to have to take you. <laughs> and maybe he's got a racket with a certain Sherpa so that that Sherpa gets his sloppy seconds or whatever. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but there was another film that did something similar. Uh, when I think, of, well, of course, they all do. A lot of the found footage films, they do that. We start slow, we try and do a character development we can, and then at some point, they decide, and at what point is really what differentiates them. Uh, a good example would be Grave Encounters 1 versus Grave Encounters 2. I don't know if y'all are familiar with uh, those movies. I have but, not uh, as of yet. <sighs> but the first movie follows that exact same thing. You know, the, the typical, oh, well, a bunch of people died in this uh, uh, asylum, uh, this haunted asylum, so... I guess we'll go film there because, you know, that seems like a smart thing to do. And uh, it just uh, slowly descends into that uh, craziness. But the second one, within the, first, uh, within the first few moments of them going to the asylum, the crap starts to hit the fan. And that's pretty, uh, pretty cool how it does that. Oh, oh actually, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think... I think that's why why found footage films sometimes turn me off. It's because it takes like three quarters of the movie for something to happen. Sometimes. <laughs> None of them are going to be as bad as Willow Creek, though. I don't know if you guys saw that shit, but literally nothing. It's like Bigfoot sounds in the woods, and then you don't even see the fucking Bigfoot. And... God damn, Bobcat, what were you doing to us with that? <laughs> I was on it too because I love Bigfoot and I love Bigfoot movies and there's just any of the ones Lance Hendrickson's done which is like fucking 20 or better than Willow Creek avoid it um, yeah and it's you know it's hard to do really character development in a found footage movie without destroying the found footage feel of it because it is just people packing around cameras most of the time and they're not trying yeah, yeah. to like have these moments where they flesh themselves out as characters. It's supposed to be more of a a documenting type thing. Um, I can document, but document something. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, good. And the setting was a good setting. So as we discussed that before, I mean, it is an awesome uh, and quite creepy tale that it covers. Oh, definitely, and you know, you got some good uh, desolate mountain scenery going on there, you know, you you definitely are feeling like these guys are out beyond help once the shit hits the fan, and, uh, you know, like, definitely once it picks up, it picks up and keeps going for the rest of the movie, like, right to the end, so. 
it's got that going for it too, for sure. Oh, yeah. What did you guys think about the stuff once they were in the bunker? Well, uh, uh, I guess they, they at least realized that uh, the wor- uh, it was a very small, small world. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, things got a little creepier after that, uh, 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 just a little bit, because, uh, because of what they actually found down there. Uh, and yeah. wasn't it that they uh, they picked up some more video footage um, of, of what happened inside the bunker at one point in time? Well, not exactly. Basically what happens is they go into the bunker and they end up finding this laboratory that was set up in there where clearly they were doing experiments on stuff. And that's where you get the connection to the Philadelphia experiments because they find some papers uh, you know, with photos from it, you actually get to see the dudes, like, fused into the hull of the ship and stuff, which is really cool, especially if you're, like, interested in that case. Um, and, you know, we find out that there's been a gang of these, like, soldiers that have died while working at this base, and it all stopped after the date of the original Dyatlov Pass incident, mm-hmm. uh, which in itself is curious, and then they end up finding, like, a dead soldier on an autopsy table and they find what look to be humanoid creatures like with these big crazy teeth but they're all like rotted and uh, desiccated or whatever you call it where they're all sort of half mummatized and, and it uh, that's creepy enough in itself but then they end up running across a camera which is exactly their camera and then when they're looking at it they are able to fast forward right up to the moment on the second camera where they're finding it. So clearly some type of like time jump has happened here. And that's where, you know, if your interests aren't piqued by what they found already, it should be by then, you know, uh, it ends up turning out that there's some creatures in this bunker. Uh, they remind me of just about every creature in those kind of movies, you know? They, right. they remind me of, like, some of the creatures that came out in Resident Evil 1, uh, the movie. Just yeah, like yeah, you know, a little bit. They remind me a little bit of the creatures in that Iron Legend or whatever, too, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking uh, of the Descent. Where the Descent, weird yeah. cave creatures that were hunting people down. Those were like a million times better in The Descent because they weren't CGI. But, yeah, the good movies, both of them. The Descent. Loved them. Uh, I think those are actually kind of based on not a true story, but definitely like a story. <laughs> I don't know if it's true. Um, but, yeah, these creatures start attacking them, weirdly not hurting them. You know, our main chick and the camera dude. They kill JP, which... Yeah, I guess after putting up with these people the whole time, he deserves some mercy. And, you know, they end up trapping themselves in this this tunnel that is, like, the only natural part of this tunnel network of this bunker. And at the back of it, there is, like, a portal. It's kind of reminded me of a Stargate a little bit. <laughs> uh, what did you, what were you guys' thoughts when they, when they found that? Well, uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, to say the least, uh, uh, to, you know, uh, uh, and, uh, did they entirely find out that it was a a portal until after they walked through it or went through it? 
Well, it stood to reason, you know, because they knew about the Philadelphia experiment stuff by that point. Mm -hmm. So when they found the portal, it was like, you know, he basically says maybe this is like alien technology that's been put here. Because it looks naturally occurring almost, but you could tell like some type of something bored out this hole, you know. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. It looks like the hole you would think you would imagine would be left by like a giant worm or something, you know. And, I mean, they're kind of stuck in the position of we can go out there and those things might kill us even though they were not hurting them seemingly intentionally. (laughs) Or they can go through this portal. Uh, And so they end up going through the portal because no other choice. And that's where the real kicker of this bitch comes in, is that at the beginning, when they interviewed this old lady, which had been one of the first people to go up there looking for these backpackers that died in the original incident, she told about how she found two extra bodies, and there was, like, something wrong with them that, you know, wasn't wrong with the other backpackers, you know? And it turns out that them going through this portal turned them into those creatures and sent them back in time, Uh, which definitely I had kind of forgotten about. So I sort of got a little taste of like the holy shit moment when they revealed that, you know, they take them in the bunker, but it's all nice. And then they hang on the meat hooks and shit. And I thought that was cool. I'm definitely a fan of movies that no one gets out alive and... It was definitely a good sort of depressing ending. Um, I don't. What were you guys' thoughts on the whole twist here? I thought that was a fun twist. It was definitely a what the fuck kind of moment. Uh, kind of moment. Holy shit! Did that just happen? You know, kind of a thing. It was like uh, the first time I watched it, I was like, "Man, that was a good twist." It was. Yeah, me and my girl got in a good debate afterwards because. I don't think she was certain that that's what happened. I think she thought that there was, like, other creatures. But, no, they fully were the creatures that were attacking themselves in the the bunker. The bunker. And so oh, that's yeah. why they, like, didn't kill them, you know? Because if they kill them, then presumably they won't exist. So I think it was the uh, nine pe- uh, uh, people who came be- uh, who uh, disappeared. Uh, they... they I think they went through the portal and came back as those creatures. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, but I couldn't explain. That's the only way I could explain why they weren't hurting the camera dude and, and the lady was that it was mm-hmm. them, you know? Uh, and the lady possible. at the beginning did say that there was two bodies. She, she made a point to specify that those extra two bodies that she found that weren't mentioned in the, the mm-hmm. sort of retelling of the story, that there was something wrong with them. That wasn't wrong with the other ones. And they did find the other bodies. It wasn't like they were, you know, they were missing to the world at large, but they were recovered. Exactly. And and the only indication that any of them had actually been in the bunker was the one dude that had a bunch of radiation on him. Right. Um, And who knows, you know, how he ended up in there. See, that's that little little plot thread they leave you kind of wondering on there, like, well, how did he end up in there, and why? (laughs) Or was he part of this thing? So they were clearly experimenting with the teleportation stuff, and there was a bunch of soldiers who had died, so it it also does kind of stand to reason that they'd sent some of their own dudes through it, and maybe they just disappeared. I don't know that they had the foresight to think, like, oh, if we picture a certain location, we'll end up there. 
Well, I'm just glad that, uh, 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 like you said, that, uh, that uh, there was some kind of connection to the Philadelphia experiment. Oh, yeah. Thing, you know, and what other experiments might have been connected to this particular bunker? Well, and he, he lists off a few things there, too, at the end when they're discovering all this, where he's like, what if, like, things coming out of these portals around the world are what's responsible for stuff like the Mothman sightings or the Eldritch Horror? He lists, like, one or two other ones, too, but Mothman and Eldritch, those are both great stories, too, if you've never looked into them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most definitely, yeah. Well, I mean, as far as them changing into the creatures, I wasn't really um, all surprised about that. Uh, actually, as soon as they found those bodies uh, that they were burned, I was like, oh, okay, that's what's going to happen. Uh, but otherwise, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty cool thing. I loved how they did the back-in-time bit, where you got to see the thing fully running after looking at that rundown bit. Yeah. And you just know that they broke free afterwards and wreaked havoc, killing everybody. Mm-hmm. For sure, there's almost like a second not found footage movie worth of stuff that they could have done with that because they trashed the place and killed a bunch of Russians. I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, see, and that's that's yeah. another point of contention me and my lady had because she was like, "Well, if they are the creatures, maybe the government was trying to get them and like make sure they got back in the bunker." But it's like, no, nah, they're totally trying to shoot them outside at the first, you know. So, and how would they know that those kids came back in time? Right. It, we're probably just uh, uh, go, uh, going at them like uh, like a royal hunt, uh, 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 shooting them. Oh, yeah. Little fox hunt out there. Yeah, kind of. Why not? <laughs> Fun fact: When I was a little kid, really? my aunt ran a tour bus service, or she worked for one. I forget which. I was super little, but I got to meet Ice T when they were shooting Surviving the Game. I had no idea who Ice T was. He's just a large man with dreadlocks, but yeah, that was, that was a fun little day trip she took us on. Uh-huh. Um, and that's also a really good Hunting Humans movie. Also, shouts out to Escape 2000. Steve Rails back. That's all you need to know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought that that really... I thought it was kind of genius. The whole, you know, time jump thing and then going through the portal and getting turned into those things. And, you know, the whole last, like, half of the movie is a lot of fun. And... I think the only thing that really drags it down is how long it takes to get to that point where shit's popping off. I'll tell you, too, like, yeah, everything from the avalanche, like, that girl getting smoked right into that other camera, that was a good touch, for sure. Um, guy had a gnarly compound fracture. I guess it's a good point to talk about effects in the movie. Uh, what, was, what was your guys' thoughts on just, you know, the way they pulled it all off. Uh, I, I thought more of the effect was the setting than anything else. Uh, I felt like the setting ha- had more of an impact on me than the uh, effects. Though the ending did have quite a few of them around. It did, you know, and, and unfortunately... Outside of, I guess, I mean, the avalanche was pretty convincing. Dude's broken leg is compound fracture. That Maybe it's just because I have, like, a natural aversion to that shit, as I would hope most people do. Bones sticking out of the flesh always bums me out. And without fail, every bone-setting scene in a movie makes me just cringe. Um, maybe because I've never broken a bone. 
watch. I'm gonna bust my fucking leg open going down my stairs later just because I said something about it. Uh, that stuff was all good. The monster, the, the creatures themselves, I think, you know, it could stand with someone going back and like touching them up because even by 2013 standards, I feel like they looked a little bit like a PlayStation game or something, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they, they weren't done very well. <coughs> I guess I the gore effects weren't so bad. I do agree with that. I mean, shoot, it showed the guy eating up. Then um, they did attack the one guy and eat him. That was pretty impressive. Uh, I can't think of a lot to this uh, as far as effects are concerned. <laughs> but I liked <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I I tend uh, uh, to like the uh, uh, effects of the uh, the creatures. Uh, Versus, uh, as, as say the the look of them uh, was definitely kind of ferocious, you know. Well, I mean, one could say those PS One creatures were very uh, uh, nasty even back in the day. I mean, I could tell you some Resident Evil times that I had some scares from one or two of those. <laughs> uh, am I the only one left in here? <laughs> no, you're not the only one left in here. Okay, well, that's two of us. Well, we, we definitely have lost some people. Uh... <laughs> oh, hold on, let me see. Uh, uh, let's see. Looks like we lost, uh... We lost, uh, Jake and, uh... No, both of them. So. There we go. That was weird. It wasn't yeah, we got one back. Before. Yeah, I could, like, hear you guys, but it wasn't letting me talk. Sorry about that, folks. Uh, that are listening out there. Sometimes we have some technical difficulties. <laughs> one of those clown comments or those damn Russians heard us talking about this. <laughs> they don't want it getting out. They're about to car accident us later. <laughs> Um, I don't know, like I was saying, I think the creatures, like, just design-wise, they looked cool. I think if they had skipped the night vision, except for maybe, like, a final scene with them or something, and just did it with, like, low light or flickering light or something, it could have masked oh. some of the imperfections of them, you know? I can imagine this thing with practical effects. I mean, if they did the creatures with practical effects, with those weird... Uh, crazy extended jaw bones and stuff like that, that would have been uh, oh, that would have been sick. fantastic yeah, they could have, if they did them like the descent, but then had like a gimmick where they could, you know <clears throat> have sort of an animatronic head open with some, some gaping friggin jaws that would have been great <laughs> I mean, certain stuff like them teleporting around, there's you can only really do that with CGI, I get that, but I don't know. There was only two of the creatures, too. Like, they couldn't afford to dress a couple of people up. I agree. Uh, I think that it would have been a cool thing to have it like that. Uh, Definitely. You... What's that, in general. Oh, we 
yeah, they could have they could have like just hired a couple contortionists, which I think are actually really common in Russia, and had them dress up, and they could have still pulled off a lot of those freaky movements that those creatures were were doing. Um, they wouldn't even have had to go that far because using the um, just using the basic effects of the uh, night vision camera, they could have easily uh, done uh, what they needed to do with uh, almost minimal makeup. They could have done some rubber suits and stuff like that and uh, gotten away with a lot of the stuff. Oh yeah, because just <clears throat> just it being practical would have made it look better in the, that same type of lighting condition than the CGI did, you know? But yeah, practical effects, of course, maybe it's just because I love practical effects, so maybe that's the issue. Uh, I'm just a big practical effects person, and... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would hope anybody would rather see, like, something cool that you could tell is physical to CGI. I get it, there's, you know, people don't mind CGI, and I guess if you're there was, there was, like, a time period where I was blown away by it. I think everyone was back when, like, Abyss was a newer thing and and stuff like that. And, and to be fair, Abyss still did their CGI better than a lot of movies that came after it. But this just, I don't know, man. It's It, it, it took me out of it a little bit to see how fake that they looked. <clears throat> and it didn't bother me the first time I watched it, so I guess 2013 was a different time for me. <laughs> I, I think I was so hyped on the case because I had just found out about it shortly before watching the movie. So maybe I let that, you know, like make me overlook some of the flaws in it at the time. Because I don't remember being annoyed by it at all and I remember being super creeped out of, by the whole ending bit. It is still pretty genuinely creepy. I know I didn't I think... 2013, so... Uh, but go ahead. I, I really think that visual effects, especially CG... Is one of the few things that does not age well. And the same thing goes, and I'm not talking just about movies, but video games as well, when you think about it. I mean, a lot of people are nostalgic for the Nintendo 64, but a lot of the Nintendo 64 games look ugly as hell. It's <laughs> uh, jagged ass. Was, but, but, you know, but back in the days when it was relevant like that, those things were amazing. So mm -hmm. the same thing goes with the CG. Uh, it's, uh, you know, at the time, that maybe this, uh, I don't know when this came out. Uh, the 80s was uh, probably the better of the <laughs> CGI stuff because it looked a hell of a lot more funky and funny. <laughs> I'm a big fan of rotoscoping. That <laughs> shit rocks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, see, okay, if this came out like 2006 or 2008, I might give the CG a little bit more of a pass. But at this point, it was only, like, really, like, six years ago, you know? I'm, I'm sure we could go back then and find some examples of CG creatures, and wasn't Silent Hill, like, older than this? I feel like that movie came out longer than six yeah. years ago. I don't know. It's, it's really, I mean, again, when you take these movies, some of them you got to take with a grain of salt because of budgetary and other type of constraints. So... Uh, I have no idea what they were working with, but with what this guy has done, you would have thought they'd have had at least a Silent Hill-worthy budget. Yeah, you would think. Um, I don't know, that stuff aside, I think, though, the, the creatures are used... I mean, because they really are only in the movie for, what, like five minutes? 
So it's it's not like one of those things where you have to see the flaws on display for like a, an extended period of time. It's still mm. effective for what they're uh, doing. With it. This I isn't this isn't the Star Wars prequel trilogy. <laughs> it was 2006, and it the revelation was in 2012. So right, see there. I mean, granted, in Silent Hill, I think they did like a mix of CG and. Mm -hmm practical, which is probably the route. If they're going to do the CG to, like, patch some things up in this, but do it with oh, people yeah. in suits, it probably would have been a lot better even with that. Right. Uh, and that Stargate oh, at the end, man, that shit looked like one of those animated wallpapers <laughs> that you can get for your computer. Now, like I say, in all fairness, at the, at the end of the day, it's not as much about the, uh, the actual effects of the creatures, it really is about the setting. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. And the setting is what really makes a found footage movie. Whether it is something like, um, what is that, uh, like uh, houses uh, that October built, or, um, or Blair Witch. Nobody looks at the, what, whatever, a little bit of the Blair Witches say that's the pinnacle of the movie. It's all about getting lost in the woods and the paranoia and the fear. And the guy yelling, John! You know, during the movie. It's, uh, it's all about these types of things. Of course, with that one, a lot of it was also marketing, but, you know. The marketing helped a lot in that. But, uh, and, hmm. but a lot of that movie also, a lot of the scares truly came at the end. Right. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, there's something to be said, too, about the gimmicks of those movies. Like, Blair Witch, even though I'm not a huge fan of the movie, I, I liked the story about the witch, you know, the urban legend element of it, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know how like... to do... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, uh, I like the point you were making. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's, and that's very much the same with this, right? Or, like, Quarantine, or any of them, you know, that are good, like to any extent the, the the whole gimmick of this movie is what makes it fun and what makes you keep watching until the end because you want to know what the fuck's going on in this bunker and i think it pays <laughs> off pretty well blair witch i think i'm pretty sure that movie ended with just the camera getting dropped on the ground and someone standing in the corner <laughs> so <laughs> i would i would have preferred a bit more of a payoff at the end of blair witch especially with all the, the screaming and and close-up booger shots and stuff like that <laughs> but you know it's if you got a good sort of urban legend, creepy fucking backstory like that, you, you can give a pass mm -hmm. on some relatively crappy effects or non-existent ones with the case of Blair Witch, you know. Uh, and I would definitely agree on that. As far as found footage of films, everyone keeps going back to Blair Witch as, like, well, yeah. the one that everybody compares everything to. <laughs> See, it's my instinct is usually to think about Cannibal Holocaust because, as far as I know, that might be the first found footage oh, yeah. horror movie. Like, dude actually goes and finds the footage and then brings it back. But, and then uh, watch, you know, Blair Witch is what kicked off the cycle. Blair Witch is the reason why this film exists. Definitely, it showed people that this is something that could made be made cheaply, efficiently. Well, depending on the movie, uh, and uh, and it makes a lot of money. So really, this was one that kicked off an entire genre. 
Which is yeah. why Blair Witch is the important one in that dimension. For sure. I mean, you know, it's because of that that we got a good at least ten years where it felt like every fucking made mainstream horror movie was some found footage thing, you know? Uh, I think even stuff like Cloverfield, just found footage in general type, you know, in the moment, on a camera type shit, definitely. Because nobody started cranking them out after Cannibal Holocaust. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think we really should at one point, because it's just such an important genre now for that time period, we should do a found footage month one day. The Cannibal yeah, Holocaust would be a great one to do in that regard. Uh, I would I'd have get a copy say, of that one day. I would have to say, if we, if we did the, uh, the found uh, 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 footage, we'd have to cover Cannibal Holocaust for sure. Uh, the last broadcast... <laughs> I'd be oh, kind of tempted yeah. to throw Quarantine in the mix just because I'm so biased towards it because I love that movie, but... <laughs> I, would, I would love to get the Grave Encounters 1 and 2 watched because those are kind of... Those are my favorite found footage. But, See, that's uh, when you brought them up. That shit intrigued me because I've definitely... Maybe from you, I don't know. I've heard the titles before. I know oh, I haven't seen okay. them. It's, uh... What do they call it? It's a definite... Uh, staple in this uh, in the thing because it had a couple of uh, YouTubers and the uh, second one, which is what draw me drew me to the. Oh, okay, that might be why I know that. But yeah, it was uh, it was definitely a it was worthwhile though after the end because I thought it was creepy and it had a little bit of that insanity that I uh, like in those type of movies. <laughs> See, I, I would definitely be intrigued to do this, though, just to watch some of these that you guys have seen. Because I, I, I avoided the shit, you know? There, there was a long time where I just wouldn't even watch something if it was found footage. I think that's why I got so attached to Quarantine, because it was one I think I kind of begrudgingly watched it with my girlfriend at the time. And well, you, you, my you wife loves them. One, so. <laughs> the bad one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, this, it, honestly, if, if I had came across this one, even at that time, and, and I wasn't previously interested in the case, I might have passed on it. And it wasn't entirely all found footage, either. It was, like, half and half. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if we're, if we're going strict on the sense... They were packing the camera the whole time, so it's, you know, at least sort of from their point of view, but it, I think because it's so well shot, it doesn't feel like found footage, yeah. is, is more of the well, case. If it wasn't for that guy's fetish, I, I do like the excuses that they have to have for the camera. <laughs> down at the end when they're standing and did you guys catch that they're standing in front of the portal and they're like let's hold hands because we're both scared and he fully pans down to show that they're holding hands what a creep uh it's a good touch though i like how even in that moment he was thinking about the camera angle mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he couldn't betray his real girlfriend at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> Hey, fun fact, though, too, old Lucille there, like, survived, you know? Yeah! Survived the damn movies. The camera was the only one that came out unscathed, it seemed like. It was working yeah. all the way until the Russian guy couldn't figure out how to turn it off. Well, who knows what the Russian government did there afterwards, but, you know. Yeah. Well, because well, they found it in there later, so it was yeah. still preserved, like, 50 years later. And still had a battery charge, which just seems not possible. Um, 
It says this film was filmed in Russia, so, uh, so that's at least a plus. See, the thing that's most mysterious about this film is that on Wikipedia it says that it's a, a British and Russian production, but the dude that made it, Randy Harlan, is Finnish. Well, he is from Hollywood, and actually IMDb lists it as uh, American, UK, and Russian. So, I'm, I don't know if it was British money. There you go. And American and Russian cast and crew. Well, that seems most likely. But. And old Rennie mm-hmm. just doesn't get any credit in the nationality department of fuck Finland, I guess. Well, but just because he directs it doesn't mean it anything to do with production. Hmm. I, I guess, mean, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I just found that odd, but because I don't really see a British element. Usually when you hear, like, British and such and such, you know, like when it's bothered to be mentioned, there's some type of little bit more oh, tangible of a British when you look, though, if you go on IMDb and you look at the country of origin line on each one, you'll see some weird ones. <laughs> oh, I bet, dude. You will see some weird ones, yeah. There's none immediately coming to mind, but there's definitely ones I've watched before where like, it seemed like an American movie, but then it turned out that it was actually like a South African production or something. So, right. I feel that. Um, I don't know. I think that it's definitely one of the things that most, because I never looked up information on it before. I just watched it because I was, I had heard, you know, was interested in the case. So I didn't know Rennie Harlan directed it. And to find out that, mm-hmm. you know, it was directed by a dude who okay. directed so many movies that I love is pretty cool. This was one that just came to mind just because I vaguely remembered it. Um, I know Brandon knows the movie, but have you all seen the movie Waltz of Bashir? Yeah, I am. What's interesting is that uh, Rennie Harlan did direct Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he did. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about this one is an example of a movie that's a documentary that takes place in Lebanon following Israeli soldiers, and it's an Israeli, French, German, U.S., Finnish, Swiss, Belgian, and Australian production. Damn, <laughs> that's, like, that's like a lot of different money going into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird when you're in I'm crazy. Rennie also directed Cutthroat Island? I'm Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, I saw that one. Actually, I always consider mm-hmm. Cutthroat Island as underrated. Yeah, some of the acting mm-hmm. is janky as I'll get out. It still is a solid pirate film, so you know. I love it. <laughs> I just love a good pirate adventure, though, you know. Well, it, was a, it was a good pirate film. I really enjoyed the pi- I mean, the uh, film itself. I think that it got a bad rap. Uh, like I say, some of the acting, I think, kind of ruined the film for a lot of people, but to me, yeah, heck with that. I mean, a little bit of bad acting, who cares? Yeah, put a little beer in there. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> yeah, who cares about that? I, I've watched enough bad acting films. <laughs> I'm here for the swashbuckling, okay? That's... I'm, I'm here for just the buckle, not the swashing. <laughs> no swash for your buckle? Uh, 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 I don't know, I I suppose, what would be your guys' overall thoughts on this, and would you recommend it to somebody, you know? 
I would definitely recommend this uh, for someone uh, who uh, doesn't necessarily like online footage films. I don't think you can recommend it to that. Uh, I reckon I wouldn't recommend it to anybody who doesn't like found footage films. I might, in that it's easier to watch than some of them for sure. Yeah. Here you go, Cutthroat Island, co-producing uh, co countries: U.S., France, Italy, and Germany. <laughs> hmm. Strangely, no countries I think that were known for having pirates. That's, that's good stuff. U.S. was for you. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. we're letting... For me? Yeah, yeah. What about you there, Jake? Do you, you enjoy this movie yeah. or would you uh, recommend it to people? Say if you're into. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not for But also if you're into. Um, well, if you're into survival horror, it's uh, decent uh, for that. I don't know that they really got in as much into the survival end of the bargain as, as some people would prefer, but um, I guess the time travel shenanigans might endear people to sci-fi fans, I guess. Um, it'd be hard for me to say for sure, because it'd be hard for me to give a hard recommendation on it, but... I think that um, there's a pretty good range of people that could go for it. Oh, yeah, and definitely if you're, like, interested mm -hmm. in the paranormal mm -hmm. stories or, like, urban legend right. stuff like that, then you might get a right. good What about you there, Brandon? Well, like I said, I'd recommend it to people who like uh, found footage movies. Because, I mean, it really has all of the elements that make a found footage movie great. It does have uh, a really creepy setting that has your cast of annoying teenagers. And uh, it keeps it pretty, it keeps it pretty real in that aspect. I would agree. I, I think that they also do pretty good justice to sort of the source material or the stories that it's based on, you know? They, they didn't get too crazy with the Datlov Pass stuff to where it, like, made it hokey or kind of unbelievable, I guess, you know? Like, mm -hmm. it's possible they could have been experimenting with some Philadelphia experiment shit because the Russians were known for trying to recreate shit that we were doing, and if we really did that, and they somehow got the intel and were trying to do it themselves, or maybe discovered one of these natural portals that presumably aliens stuck there. Uh, mm -hmm. That's the reason they could be doing some shit like that, and maybe it would have a physical effect on human bodies going through it. I kind of like that they didn't bring the UFO element into it. Instead, you know, they had the part with the flare, because that's a popular theory with the... Uh, with the Dyatlov Pass thing is that it was like aliens or whatever because the villagers were reporting orange lights in the sky when right. it happened. And I loved how they did that with the flares and then he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, orange lights. There's your orange light. <laughs> uh, exactly. By the way, here's your British connection. Uh, Gemma Atkinson, the one that played uh, Denise, um, is from Greater Manchester, England. Um, oh, it's got some English trail tale up in there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. 
She did a good job of not having a British accent, you know? Yeah. I, I wouldn't have thought for a sec that that lady was anything but American. Um, right. You know, and I'd be lying if I said that the whole Oregon connection isn't kind of neat to me, you know? Like, as soon as I saw the pendant behind them on, you know, I think anybody that, like, sees movies connected to where they live is probably kind of mildly stoked on it, even if that part of the movie kind of sucks. Um, (laughs) I think if I had changed anything about it, I'd just make it, like, 30 minutes shorter. You know? Spice out some of that beginning stuff. Just get them on on the fucking mountain. That's what we're here for. And I think it had they, you know, I think my favorite thing is, like I said, just that they left out the aliens. Because if they did that, plus the fucking, the Philadelphia experiment thing, it would have been too much. They didn't go out of their way and, like, overly complicate it, you know? They already had yeah. a good hook, and they let that just do its thing. I actually think that it would have been, I agree with you, actually. I think it would have been just enough to have had them go in there and it just be creepy. They discover this portal thing and end up uh, going through it and then end up getting fused to the mountain or something like that. Ooh, just, uh, and just leave some subtle like foreshadowing uh, that uh, shows that that's going to happen to them. And that way you don't need the, the weird monsters. Uh, you could just simply... Uh, have them die in that way. It works, it carries a thing, and you don't need the uh, cheap CGI. <laughs> you know, it, it very well could have worked like that. And uh, Because, like, to me, the coolest thing about the monsters is that twist that, oh, shit, they're the monsters, and they went back in time. You know, like, that is really cool, but the yeah. movie could easily exist without it, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's definitely a good example of of just taking a good pre-existing story and kind of fleshing it out a little bit, you know? Because that's the cool thing with that Love Pass deal is there isn't, like, information, people. You just know the aftermath of the whole thing. So there's... It's purely open to interpretation, and I think that this was a pretty cool interpretation of what probably happened, you know? Um, And they even kind of did... I mean, obviously someone put the fucking portal there. And it didn't look like it was the Russians that did it. So it's, you know, that element of it was neat to me, too. The whole idea of there being these portals that are around the world in different spots. And because you do see sort of stories about that, too. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever read or heard about any of the stuff where, like, supposedly there's this dude in, like, Spain or something like that. And he leaned against this wall one day and then, like, ended up getting hit by a car in Brazil. And he had no passports or any identification on him, and by all accounts, he was, like, on the other side of the ocean earlier that day, you know? So, stuff like that kind of intrigued me a little bit, the idea that there's maybe more of these portals around that have been put there by someone, you know? You don't even know if this particular pass falls on what they, on, uh, what they call a ley line, because I know that's something else that a lot of people like to look into. Yeah, I've definitely heard stuff about that. I don't know. I've never... Mm. I'd be curious to know now that, that I think about it. Mm. See, and that's... that's. I think that's a, a mark of good storytelling like this, where you don't explain everything to death, you know? They do leave bits yeah. of it open for us to, like, just wonder about. And, 
you know, by the way it was going at the end, there are lots of movies where they discover the secret lab or something. They tend to just over-explain everything. <laughs> not much mm -hmm. to the imagination anymore. And that's definitely a strong point to this movie, I think. And also, like Brandon said at the beginning, there is a little bit of a cliffhanger in that we don't know, well, we kind of know what happened to him afterwards, but they leave you wanting to see what happened after, which I guess is the mark of, a, of an entertaining movie, in the very least, is that, you know, I could have watched them tear apart the Russians or something. That, that might oh, be. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's another story. <laughs> I will say that until the second half kicked off this watch for me, like I was thinking I was gonna have, I was definitely like, man, I'm gonna have to apologize to these guys because of this whole movie is, is these fucking kids being lame. <laughs> I, I might feel bad for recommending it, but I don't know, like you said, I think there's a reason that I forgot about that because it's just not very, it's not memorable. It's it's not the point of the movie, anyways. You know, the point of the movie is to explain a, a, a various angle of what might have happened on that mountain. To exactly, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I think the director pretty much got that too, because well, he definitely wasn't caring about characters <laughs> for yeah. his uh, film. He probably just picked any random, uh, 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 well. Bottom of the bucket list. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say that because <laughs> they were not—they were not bad actors. They just—they just, they just didn't had necessarily come with all of them. Well, again, I think it comes down to what you thought of the characters more than anything else. And you know, one of them was such a prick; he would have had bad chemistry regardless. That was just, although apparently. Had charm with the ladies, I guess. Yeah. Oh wait, no, the uh, the cameraman was also from England. Oh damn! Yeah. So we have a couple of them there. Yeah, that's some good acting, man. Cause I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have picked either of them out as being British. Uh, right. And you know, to, like at the end of the day, someone wrote these characters to be this way. Yeah. Right. Um, they all did see, you know, skill wise, they did a good job. You know. Mm -hmm. playing the character. You could tell that they all yeah. had some acting chops. I, I, I'm not I familiar with any of them from other movies, but... I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have pegged them as uh, being snubbed at the Oscars or anything, but, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have had them line up for Razzies either. Uh, really, that girl's nose boogies and Blair Witch should have won an Oscar. That's... Again, I did like how... Uh, I did... No. Blair Witch did do another thing is it uh, did spawn a number of parodies after. I mean, shoot, uh, watching the trailer to Dead Camper Lake, uh, mm -hmm. uh, where you have the evil demon doing the, I'm so scared, of, is it, uh, while the uh, demon hunter is like, oh, kill that guy, <laughs> you know, in the background. And of course, there was the Bear Wedge Project 1 and 2. Of course. <laughs> oh, there's got to be like a porno adaptation of it out there too. Like, sure. well, again, and my favorite, my favorite runoff of that always. I never actually saw Blair Witch until I think the Brandon showed it to me. And what was that? Like maybe five years ago at the most, maybe. So I missed miss that whole thing. And we uh, haven't seen Blair Witch yet, so. 
But when I when I started college, I was in the outdoor club, you know, and I did a lot of hikes. My particularly my first couple of years, and I remember freshman year, like the first month after school starts, we did a big hike on the Appalachian Trail, and we didn't get back until dusk. And that summer was when Blair Witch had come out, I believe. And, oh, man, some of those kids were freaking out. <laughs> it was great. I was, I, I was like, why is everyone so afraid? <laughs> See, you should have watched it, bro. You could have been fucking with those kids while you are out there on the yeah, trail. I guess. I got to laugh at them, but still. I'd have been making those little Blair Witch, like, crosses or whatever. The little people running around. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know, though. I think, like, in 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 the grand scheme of things, this is definitely... It's not bottom-of-the-barrel found footage or anything, you know? So if you're a fan of that, definitely give it a look. And I'd honestly... I'd recommend just really to looking into the Philadelphia Experiment and the Dyatlov Pass incident. There's some solid, like, documentaries on both of them, and there's actually a movie for the Philadelphia Experiment. I've not seen it... Wait. Three. Uh, there's there's three one from the eighties. There's a uh, there's another one from the nineties, and then they redid one on Sci-Fi Channel. Cool. I think I got the one from the eighties. I picked it up just recently, like a month or two. I have one, the one from the eighties and the one from the Sci-Fi Channel. I still have to pick up the one in between. Uh, although well, there I you go. Have a burned copy of the second one. <laughs> Nice. Hey, we were talking about fucking pirates earlier with Cutthroat Island. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, there you know. So there's no shortage of Philadelphia Experiment movies then, and I'm, I'd feel like shows like The X Files probably touched on it at one point because that was more known about sure back then. Sure. Or at least mentioned it. I'm sure. Which is strange. I've watched all the X Files, but I can't remember. <laughs> oh yeah, parts of that series are so blurry for me. Um, I mostly, I think, remember like the first three seasons, the the most vivid, and then whatever season Home happened in, I definitely remember seeing that on TV. Hmm. Um, you know, I think third me, I remember. <laughs> oh yeah, like uh, what is it, Tombs and Thieves? <laughs> The one about the dude that comes back every 33 years to eat people's livers and shit. Uh, I, I'm thinking about the one where they had the plague, which uh, had a bunch of things that burst and killed the next person that was exposed to it. Was, uh, do you remember that one where all the ticks, like the ancient wood ticks or whatever, get let out and they're like wet cocooning <laughs> people in their cars and shit? That was a good one. You see, all the lovely things that we think about on this show. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, uh, any case, yeah, I do, I do think this was a fun film. It was good to watch. I think that we should check out more found footage on this channel, and it's, uh, I'm glad to see that we have, have actually covered it. Uh, next, next month, uh, is going to be an interesting one, though. We're going to definitely be covering some cool stuff then. Yeah, for sure. Uh, or maybe, or maybe not so cool stuff, according to the submitted people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm definitely looking forward to doing some found footage in the future too. I think that's a great idea. Um, I think I'm probably in a similar place with it that I am with vampire movies, where it's like I've spent a lot, a lot of years not liking it, 
but then there are like a handful of examples of it that I do love, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's there's probably that's kind of like I haven't seen yet, you know. It's kind of like new zombie films, I guess. I there's a rule you'd rather not watch them, but there's four or five of them that are just awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, she just picked up one this week. Yeah. Trained to this song. Yes, I still need to see one. that bad boy, man. I've heard nothing but good things. I'm not actually oh, that's a for this one. That's mm-hmm. an intense zombie film. Aren't yeah. they doing a sequel to it or something? I feel I'm like I sure read that. Yeah, I'm sure they are. <laughs> What's that one? Trained to soul. <laughs> no, no. I still never got to Busan. Uh, <laughs> I train, train from Busan. <laughs> uh, That's just good stuff. Yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know. I guess. Uh, what about you, Dave? Would you, I think I don't know if we covered you or whether you'd recommend this to people. Yeah. I would re- uh, recommend this uh, to people for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I personally like you like stuff like the Bermuda Triangle and controversies of any kind. So, mm-hmm. uh, so this one, uh, uh, from what I rem- remember, was fairly decent at uh, uh, at explaining one possible scenario of what might have happened to these m- m- men and possibly women that disappeared uh, up this mountain pass. So um, I was. I was entertained by the uh, by the, uh, by the film. Um, I thought that it was well shot. Uh, there uh, there was some scenery that uh, that I could remember, you know. Um, and you know they they didn't explain it all like you said. So uh, so I think I would definitely recommend this for other people. Very nice. Yeah, I, I would as well. And you know it, it'll 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 scratch your itch for that debt love past shit. And it, like, you know, obviously leaves some stuff open to interpretation, which is fun. In terms of if I would revisit it again, you know, it's probably not one I would throw on to, like, just watch, you know, f- for lack of something else in mind to watch. You know, if, if I knew someone that was, like, want interested in the case, then I would probably pull it out and show it to them, you know. Uh, I would definitely recommend people see it at least once, but... I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's definitely not one that I would recreationally pop in just because I like it that that much, you know. Um, <laughs> there's definitely uh, just other 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 movies to watch, you know. If I'm bored and can't think of anything else to to look at, but uh, <laughs> well, if I'm gonna watch a if I'm gonna watch a winter found footage, I'll probably watch Evil Things uh, or something like that. Uh, Something slightly more twisted, but this uh, definitely has its value on the first watch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it'll get you through. It's it's an entertaining. I don't even know how long it was. Like hour and forty minutes. So it's an entertaining hour and ten minutes. So, <laughs> uh, so I guess that's a good way to close it out, though. You know, maybe build some anticipation for the you know future uh, found footage discussions. You know, maybe each of you guys want to recommend uh, another found or. God, yeah, found footage. I don't know why I keep trying to confuse that with shot on video. <laughs> yeah, if you guys each wanted to recommend one of those for the people to check out in the meantime, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, well go ahead. Well, go ahead, Dave. Go ahead. Uh, one film 
uh, found footage that I would probably recommend is uh, the St. Francis Bone Experiment. Uh, ah, interesting one. Uh, that one is one, uh, uh, one, uh, one that I know that I've seen, has seen and it's one that actually um, it, it made me react to it. Uh, I, I look for films that re make me react to it, uh, uh, it at least enough uh, to make me think twice about watching it again. <laughs> so, um, I'm, tr I'm trying to find that film that will creep me out so much that, you know, uh, uh, I don't even want to share it with other people, you know? So, oh, yeah. That is a, a good quest to be on, man. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Just ruin some lives with some traumatic shit. I want to spread some nightmares. Hell yes. So, uh, I think uh, Grave Encounters 1 and 2, um, especially the second one, I really love the second one. The second one just has a really awesome feel to it. And to me, it, it gets that scare, the scare is going like right from the get-go. So... That's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, I already added those. And you said the St. Francisville experiment? Correct. Okay, I'm putting these in a memo on my phone so I can check them out. So I haven't ever seen either of those. What about you, Jake? You got a, a found footage film that you enjoyed? You want to throw out there? I haven't seen them, many. Um, we... I guess... Um, as far as ones I genuinely enjoyed, I know that this one is divisive for a lot of people, but I actually really did enjoy Paranormal Activity. Yeah. That's really... There are not that many, though, that I've really gotten into, so... It's okay, Jake. I'll forgive yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> one of the few that actually gave me a scare not too long uh, I mean, when uh -huh. I saw it. No, I dug the first one. I still haven't watched the other yeah. ones, man. I've got the full box set of them, but I just haven't taken the time to go through them all. First one I enjoyed. Course, the... I still got to get Ghost Dimension. That's the only one that I uh, that I have left to watch out of the whole entire series. And again, that's one where first impression had a big, big impact. Because I saw it almost alone in the theater, and when I left, it was dark and rainy. <laughs> I saw it with a bunch of children in the theaters, like a people bringing yeah. all their kids to see this horror movie. It was just like, oh. yes, we got this found footage horror film that's all about silence and waiting. Yes, let's bring the kids. There's a pop footage film out there that is comical. Get them all fucking hyped up on Sour Patch Kids and make them wait through a ghost movie. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah, Thinking about that earlier, actually, found footage films are probably just a hair's breadth removed from uh, mockumentaries in a lot of ways. So, yes, yeah, some of them are highly comical. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> why I think the one I think of uh, you would recommend, Jake, that maybe okay. you like it. Is there a mockumentary that you might Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is Spinal Tab, Busting Shuffman, <laughs> uh, for your consideration, Zerg, uh, <laughs> Sweet No Down, there's a bunch of good ones. <laughs> I would give a good well, shout out to uh, The Man with a Plan, if you want some, like, wholesome, I think it's Connecticut or something like that, this old dude's running in the mare, that's a good one. 
And of course, American movie. You gotta gotta have mm. that on the documentary. Well, that's really kind of a documentary. So mm. the dudes are just super funny. Hell yeah, Brutal Massacre rocks. I just watched that oh, yeah. for a second yeah. time again the other day. That definitely had its moments. Oh, and Leslie Vernon, yeah. We forgot yeah. Leslie Vernon. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're watching for that, just for the scene where he talks about the cardio. Shoot, we, were, we watched that on this show, so that's the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely go back and check out their episode they did for that, too. I'm sure it's great. <laughs> um, I don't know if I was to throw out a, a found footage one. I think it's see it. I'm, I'm not certain on the title, and if it turns out to be wrong, I'll hop in the comments on once Dave has this on the channel. Well, it's technically already on there, <clears throat> and I'll put it in there. But I think it's called the Unborn. I got it for Christmas one year, and I remember being kind of fairly blown away by it. Actually, it's like about these uh these people, the the this couple, and the lady's pregnant or whatever. And they feel like they're being, like, watched by these people. So they put up all these security cameras and, and shit, I feel like. And then it turns out that she was actually, like, impregnated by a cult or something like that. Oh, well, that was that, like, cool. Devil's Do, maybe? Or? That might have been it, dude. Devil's Do, actually. Like, where they go to Mexico or, or yeah. some foreign country, and then they end up getting to that. Yeah, that was a freaky movie. It was. That was definitely a freaky movie. Yeah, that's like the main reason I liked it because you hear stories about people, tourists, randomly getting snatched down there, like drugged and stuff. So that that whole element of it, and it turning out that she was impregnated by this cult and shit when it happened was just crazy. Mm. So that would be my vote for that. And yeah, I think if I had to throw the mockumentary out there, mm. man with a plan is probably the one I'd go with. Shouts out to Dan from Rebel Gaming Club. He's who turned me on to that movie. Actually, gave me my copy of it. And I promised him a review on it like two years ago. I never did it. I'm sorry, buddy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Though. I did watch. It. Uh, so I think that's I think that's about all we got on Devil's Pass, though. Eh? Like it's. Uh, I think we all had a fun time with it. We learned about Trail Tale, so I think we're all better for that. And I think Brandon's idea of the dude camped out at the base of Everest just snatching poon sounds like a really fun movie. You know who would do that, that guy? What was his name? The um, You could have it starring on uh, the beach bum himself, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, and good Lord, I was just going to say that. Oh. Too, like, as soon as he said it, that's who I pictured. And you could have him uh, pair up with, gosh, what is his name? The one uh, from Wedding Crashers, um... The blonde guy. I can't think of his name. Oh, Wilson? Yes, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson and Matthew McConaughey <laughs> double team at a bottom Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, I want Owen Wilson to be the Sherpa for some reason. Oh, the scratching. The scratching? Yeah. Sure, okay. why not? I could, I could get with that. <laughs> funny on a poster. I mean, uh, Actually, I would definitely watch that movie. Uh. <laughs> sounds amazing, man. I could just picture like the opening intro to Matthew McConaughey. He's like all ramped out on peyote and like some sweat tent with some sherpas or something. <laughs> We're squashing we'll see, it. God. The squash. We'll see the hook. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, the hook is they actually, uh, they fail at getting out of it. And this time they actually have to climb the mountain. Oh, that'd be awesome. 
I figured that would be part of the plot. Yeah. <laughs> One huge, gigantic tit. There mm-hmm. we go. Oh God. <laughs> well, I've seen that. That's that's uh, everything you ever mm-hmm. always wanted to know about sex with your friend ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a spinoff of Flesh Garden. Ah, no, I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, in any case. Uh, in any case. Yeah, I gotta stop thinking about Matthew McConaughey having sweaty tent sex. I guess we'll do our little outros here. Uh, so, I guess we'll figure we'll, we'll start with Dave if you want to plug anything or let the people know what's going on. Okay. Uh, my name is David Strange. Uh I, uh, I, I found did uh, inside movies galore, but I, I run it with the rest of you, um, and uh, I also do my own uh, film reviews on my own channel called Delusion of the Grandeur, and I just did three reviews uh, recently. Put them up on the uh, on the channel, not the page yet. Um, but, um, I'll, ha- I'll be having a discussion with my friend Boris tomorrow, um, on the movie, um, uh, what, what was it, uh, Pleasantville. Um, oh, so, hell yeah. um, I'll be going on with him about one o'clock tomorrow, so if anyone wa- wants to, ch- uh, wants to chill about one, uh, you're more than welcome to join us. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, 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 no, uh, we, we went on about, uh, a movie called The Faculty, uh, not The Faculty, uh, uh, the, the Fair, um, uh, just recently, and it was partially black and white, so, uh, so we decided to, uh, I, I thought of one other black and white movie, and that just happened to be it, and he said he'd never seen it, so, fuck it, I'm going on about it, so. Oh, yeah, everyone should see it at least once. <laughs> You did a review for the Lighthouse recently too, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that out once I've seen the movie. I need to see that myself. If you have a copy of that, that'd be cool to see. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, in any case, I guess that's two movies uh, that I'll have to um, do for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, um, in any case, um, yeah, um, just. Check, uh, check out some more uh, st- uh, stuff. I'll be um, trying to round out some more video collection videos of some stuff that I've gotten over the past months that I just haven't gotten up uh, up, uh, up there. Uh, uh, Facebook. Uh, 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 I end up having a lot of n- nipply stuff in some of my uh, pickups, so Facebook has <laughs> had a couple of times. So, um, but uh, other than that, uh, yeah, definitely check out my channel and uh, like, share, and subscribe, everyone. So. Oh, yeah, and uh, these boys just did a little Kung Fu double feature, martial arts double feature before this. Mm-hmm. You guys did uh, Master of yeah. Flying Guillotine and what was it, F- Fantasy Freedom Force? Fantasy Mission Force. Mission Force, there you go. Yeah. So if you're somehow seeing this before yeah. and you notice that, make sure you get over there and give that a look if you're a fan of those movies. <laughs> yeah, if, you, if you don't take drugs, uh, at least you'll, uh, you'll get some drug-induced something from this movie. You're really about the drugs. Uh, <laughs> like a good time. Uh, yeah. So what about you, Brandon? What do you got going on? 
Well, I am Septim Sen of Septim Sen versus the World. I am uh, I run a channel that is dedicated to physical media, the preservation of physical media, and the um, what's the word appreciation of physical media. So uh, we are very active uh, in this new year on the channel. We are up and producing content five days a week, Monday through Friday. At least for the time being, anyway. Until <laughs> I burn out and uh, then crash and burn for a couple of weeks and disappear altogether. But as it is, on Mondays, we have made our Mondays a collection Monday where I do uh, one of four strolls through my collection uh, where I pick uh, the first uh, ten in my collection of uh, a particular subject. Uh, Next week, first week was a criterion, second week was TV, and of course next week is going to be anime, and uh, I go through each of them and I closer look at the uh, physical discs and uh, media themselves. Then on Tuesdays we have our news videos, which we cover uh, the upcoming releases for the week, so if you want to know what's coming out, that is always good. Whereas Wednesdays, we have our pickup videos, as always. And then Thursdays, we have the Anhedinia Project, which uh, Dave is also doing a version of himself for his channel, where I cover uh, Anhedinia films. And uh, I have all of their films. I have watched all but Death Toilet and Death Toilet 2, which I will watch those in the near future. And you'll get to see reviews of all of them if you pick up every Thursday. Then, of course, Friday, we continue our regular series, but we have uh, we debuted our vlogcast early this week so that you could get the Oscar nominees and our thoughts early. <sighs> but we have some really cool stuff coming up mm -hmm. next Friday with um, our thoughts of people who had acting chops that probably deserved a nod at the Oscars. Yeah, I can't say enough. I really enjoy your guys' Oscar stuff. And I like that Glo Golden Globes discussion you guys did just recently. That was fun. We were quite animated on our discussion for, uh, <laughs> for the uh, Oscar nominees. So it's definitely worth checking out. If anything, a lot of energy in that. I mean, yeah, I, but I enjoy watching you guys prepare for it. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I'm I'm pretty much fine with just sitting back and watching what you guys uh, produce. <laughs> I might not watch the Oscars. Please do stop. I don't even pick up a mic uh, uh, to even try to support it. <laughs> I love films mm. and what, uh, what, but it, it's become way too political for me. So. You just show up at the Oscars one of these years, Dave. You tell them <laughs> for... <laughs> yeah. Snatch an Oscar from John Williams and fucking Bolt. They'll still be giving them Oscars for the next 50 years. <laughs> for Star Wars. Yes, yeah, yeah. Of course. When, when, they, start the new, when they start the new Star Wars uh, franchise, he'll be scoring that and getting nods. <laughs> so what about you, Jake? You got any new videos going up on your channel there? Um, well, not right away. I'm I'm going to be Jake. I'm off and on Septim Sun versus the World, and uh, I do have my own channel called Wiki Jake. But 
So I have a little snafu. I, I think I announced earlier that I did get a uh, computer uh, for Christmas. It uh, went back, and I'm going to have to replace it. Uh, when I do, I will get it set up and start doing some stuff on my own. And when I do that, I think I'll be more on point about my own channel. Um, <laughs> Because it'd be nice to be able to edit videos rather than just posting them raw. You know, that'd be kind of fun. So we'll see. But in the meantime, uh, I have, of course, as Brandon said, been very active on that channel. I've been, I've been looking and looking, and uh, you know, there are a lot of people who are overlooked for various roles. Some of which you would not believe. So. It should be an interesting, probably a couple of videos. I'm guessing I'll have to discuss format. Uh, like, but I uh, like Desta Thompson from uh, Men in yeah. Black International. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, Tessa Thompson, I would legitimately put her forward as a snubby for uh, Sorry to Bother You and also for Ragnarok. She was a snubby for both of those, so... Uh, and probably the Creed films as well, because she was really good in those movies. But anyway, um, and before I go, I just got to say, no, you just you put this thought in my head. Oh, my God. I did see the beach bum. And I can kind of see uh, McConaughey and Snoop Dogg uh, hanging out and doing a sequel to the beach bum. That you, it was what you guys described. Or going even further back, and McConaughey could reprise his role of uh, Wilson from Days to Confusion. Oh, yeah. Bringing Roy Cochran and a couple of. Yeah. Oh, right, oh, right, oh, right. As long as he's bringing that sweet mustache ruckus, I'm down. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, rocking that porn stash once again. Uh, yeah. Have you guys ever done Dazed and Confused on here? No, that would be a good excuse for me to watch my copy. We might as well do Fast Times at Richmond. We should eventually. You could do like fucking yeah. Dazed and Confused, Detroit Rock City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what you would call that sort of 70s teen movies, even though they're not made in the 70s. <laughs> well, I think. Well, Days of Confused was definitely set in the 70s. Fast Times was more contemporary to when it was made, I believe. Yeah, which I think was early 80s, but... Early 80s, yeah. Yeah. But it could be considered set in the late... Actually, that might be, because Cameron Crowe, I think, based it partly on his own. Only a little bit. No, never mind. I'm I'm rambling now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would definitely be fun to do those, but yeah, I could definitely, that that needs to happen. I don't know if anybody will ever hear this that could make the sweet Sherpa sex romp fucking happen for us, or we need it in our lives, so. Oh, yes, definitely. I might go ahead and try to tweet this at Matthew McConaughey or something. Okay, and even though I was not crazy about the beach bum, I will say, I've said before, one of my big disappointments about the movie getting no awards traction 
was I really, really wanted to hear an Oscar presenter say Jimmy Buffett and Snoop Dogg in the same breath. But if they were to come back for the sequel and write another song together and get McConaughey on board and all three of them be named at once for an original song, I would love that. <laughs> I think this Everest adventure is just the thing that could make it happen, too. Yes. Owen Wilson has gotten some writing credits. Get him in on a songwriting credit. It'd be great. <laughs> well, I'd love to see him do a song with Snoop Dogg. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, okay, Owen Wilson and Snoop Dogg singing a song as they climb Mount Everest <laughs> with Owen Wilson playing the ukulele as they do it. Because yes. the ukulele is very out of place at Mount Everest. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally at home with Owen Wilson. Everest. Yodeling. See, and both dudes seem like the type of guys who just hung out with Sherpas at some point. You know, I don't know why I get that vibe from them. Snoop Dogg yodeling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Just a nice little pair of leaders. I just want to see Snoop and the leader hosing with one of those little feathered caps. Actually, with that scene yeah. alone, I'd actually see that in theaters just because I'd see <laughs> Dog Yodeling with Owen Wilson on the ukulele. <laughs> I wonder if he would work like his faux shizzle, my nizzle stuff into the yodeling somehow. I imagine it could work. <laughs> he could yodel gin and juice. It'd be just... Uh... <laughs> uh, yodeling a Janice Joplin song. Oh, I think Bjork isn't that far away from yodeling on some of this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, people, I hope that you've enjoyed this. We definitely covered the movie good. You got an awesome original movie idea to think about now, and you get the image of Snoop Dogg yodeling in Lederhosen to take to bed with you. Which me, I've got a Lederhosen film. Attack of the Leader of Zombies. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I need it in my life. Oh, man. <laughs> I that's, think. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, don't forget to plug your own channel. I mean, uh, that, uh, that series that you've been doing, The Master System, is amazing. I, I've been enjoying that. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, if you guys want to check out my stuff, I've definitely got some Master System reviews that are going to be going on. I'm going to be doing some more Thundercats stuff. I got the first three episodes reviewed a few weeks back, but I've got another batch that's going to be going up soon. And to carry on Dave's theme of nipply stuff on his channel, (laughs) I've been reviewing some hentai games for the Famicom, so if that's your bag, (laughs) pop over there and and have a laugh with us, you know. Uh, Just good stuff. Dick ships, you know, all types of things going on. It's oh, been a good time. Try. I'm honestly surprised that YouTube has not auto-flagged any of them for age restriction. It's just it's <laughs> mind-boggling if that stuff can pass well, through. It's like if you and I went on and uh, discussed uh, the, the hentai uh, uh, thing called Night Nurses. Dude, I mean, it's like, it's. I haven't touched on any of the more hardcore ones yet, but some of the stuff that I did, I would just assume it would get auto-flagged me. I'm flying a dick ship shooting semen in fucking bras and panties and making pictures of naked girls on the side. It's all in good fun. I think that that stuff is... You know, I'm not like a hentai dude or anything. I like anime. I mean, I suppose there's probably some 
hentai out there worth watching for like artistic purposes. I like trying to find the weird uh, myself, so uh, so I'm I'm like there. I like it because it's just odd. Most of them are made by like a weird Japanese dude in his tiny apartment and then distributed like sort of underground style for the disc system on the Famicom back in the day. You know, Nintendo certainly wasn't endorsing any of that shit. <laughs> it runs the gamut from stuff that's just sort of comical with a little bit of tasteful nudity to shit that I'm fairly certain was made by, you know, aspiring serial killers. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting ride by the time we get to the end of it. And of course, yeah, I review horror movies a fair amount. I haven't been doing as much of that the last month or two, but there's definitely a lot of those that I need to get out. I'm working on a couple. Most notably is my double feature for Rest Stop and Vacancy, which I'm looking forward to putting out there. Both good movies. Yeah. Very good movies. I enjoyed both of them. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, in the mood to do some some sort of, what do you call them, like backwoods road trip horror flicks, because they're always a good time. Oh, yeah. you know, not a lot of thought required. Just put some people in a car. Well, with, with some of the films that I've been se- uh, sending all of you guys, uh, guys, I was hoping that uh, that would be incentive to get the uh, get the fucking shit out there. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. If you, uh, more, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do a review for all of those ones you hooked me up with as well. So looking forward <laughs> to that. And I haven't been doing much with them, but it would be you know shameful of me not to plug Rebel Gaming Club. So if you want some good quality weekly entertainment. Go over there and sub the boys up at Rebel Gaming Club. I'm going to have some stuff coming out with them again here soon. And hopefully a lot more regularly this year. I was hit or miss last year, but trying to kick it back in gear here. So yeah, We plug them every episode because of the uh, they actually have our theme song. <laughs> and uh, we also use one, utilize their songs for our uh, movie releases. <laughs> actually got some good stuff. I'm a member, I haven't even got a fucking copy of that CD, though, so damn. We're gonna have to have that. <laughs> you know me, I'm an ultra fan. I had to get in line, like, first in line to get that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, say good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> Alright. Where are my testicles, Summer? Where are my testicles, Summer? They were removed. Where have they gone? Oh, wow. That's an intense line of questioning, Snuffles. Do not call me Snuffles. Snuffles was my slave name. You shall now call me Snowball, because my fur is pretty and white. Okay, Snowball? No. They're even more powerful than we thought. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you. Nice job, Kermit. Thank you.